Well, welcome everybody um, for our uh, next uh, LENSEC live session. Uh, we'll be doing this uh, every Wednesday with uh, going over different topics. And um, so spending anywhere from a half an hour to an hour uh, on a weekly basis. So uh, if you can continue to join us, uh, you found us today or visit us at lensec.com slash live. So uh, what we're going to do, and we're going to spend a little bit of time continuing to talk about how we can assist you with remote work now that everyone with the uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic, everyone is working, majority of people were working remotely. Uh, the security professionals are considered essential employees, so they're uh, still going out and doing some work or maybe even trying to do work remotely on some customer sites. So we're going to continue that theme. Uh, and, and to, to kind of come back and, and touch base on something that we did last week, we'll start off that first. But before I do that, I want to take a minute and uh, have everyone who's on this call with us. We're joined by uh, several of my colleagues from Lensec. So Jeff Kellick, if you want to introduce yourself quickly. Thanks, Michael. Uh, Jeff Kellick, I'm our Chief Product Officer here at Lensec. And again, the, those that have watched the past couple of weeks, we're really appreciative of your participation and the questions and comments we've received uh, certainly have led to this session today. So again, I'm, I'm our Chief Product Officer and I'm coming today from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Jeff. Uh, and next I'm gonna go to uh, Bryce. Bryce, if you wanna introduce yourself. Sure, thanks, Michael. My name is Bryce Capadisi. I'm a sales engineer working remotely from Morgantown, West Virginia, providing any kind of technical support that you may need. Great, thank you, Bryce. And Keith? Hi, my name is Keith Harris. I'm the uh, Marketing and Communications Manager for Lensec and have been uh, working with Lensec for nearly six years now. I live in Austin, Texas and uh, um, help uh, get the word about, out about Perspective VMS and about Lensec. Great, thanks, Keith. And I guess we're saving the best for last. Bob, you wanna? let everyone know who you are and what you do with the company. Will do, thank you, Michael. Uh, Bob Brown, and I'm the Midwest uh, Regional Sales Manager, uh, cover a pretty big patch. I reside in Tennessee, um, the Knoxville area, and I go all the way up to uh, the, the northern flanks up to uh, Minnesota and Wisconsin and uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So got a big patch and um, delighted to be here today. So thanks for having me. We're delighted to have you. Thanks. So I, I wanted to um, mention I would uh, go through a topic that we kind of teased at the very end last week. Last Wednesday, Jeff Kellick and I were, were uh, joining you and talking about some remote work. So I want to throw this first question uh, over to Jeff. And what this pertains to is uh, how, can, how can someone adjust permissions for temporary remote access by employees groups to help um, you know when they're trying to surveil their facilities remotely and you know a lot of a lot of these facilities are completely empty so um, staff needs to still you know protect their their assets and make sure that they're not being broken into so can you just take a few minutes Jeff and and let our listeners know how we can uh, how, how some of the based on the architecture of uh, Lensec how you can manage that remotely yeah, that's a great question. And something we've got a lot. And as you mentioned, we kind of talked a little bit about it last week. Uh, you know, when, when you have a reduction in staff and you have staff that are in different places, uh, those priorities change and the responsibilities change for those team members. So you want to look for ways in which you can empower them uh, to take advantage of the remote tools that you have for your security system. I want to quickly show a screen here of Perspective EMS. And one of the real easy ways to do that in perspective, I won't spend a lot of time on the software, but just so that you know, I'm logged in this morning as myself. I'm gonna quickly go to administration. So I have administration rights there. And I'm gonna go to an area that we call groups. And this is where we have the permissions for our groups. And, and in this example, I'll just say that we have somebody that is in our Lensec staff that normally has limited permissions. And with those limited permissions, we only give them access to this, this number of cameras here. What we can do real quickly here is we can add all of the other cameras within our facility to them. 
So it's a very simple process just to bring those cameras over. That's one of the real quick ways in which you can empower an entire group of users with more views, with more cameras that they can see. Another way that you can do this, if you just want to adjust an individual user, and let's say that we have an individual user here named Art Vandelay. And uh, you know he's an importer exporter, by the way, in case you were wondering. Uh, and we wanted to give him access to more than just this group, we can apply an entire group over to him. So there's two ways that you can really very quickly adjust permissions for an individual user or for an entire group of users to give them a greater access view into the surveillance software. So just something that you can think about. And of course, if you want more help on that or if you have some more specifics or you want to talk about timeframes that you want to limit them, we are available at Lensec support, support at lensec.com to walk you through that process. And we can even do it remotely through either a, a Zoom or a TeamViewer session uh, to help you with that. So uh, that would be the real quick step that I would say for that. And that's not just limited to perspective. A lot of our partner technologies like access control technologies have similar type of functionality in which you can adjust a user's permission in a short time period as, you know, as this obviously has adjusted their roles and responsibilities. And Jeff, I want to, uh, thanks for sharing that. I, I want to take a minute to also reinforce that for some people who are just seeing us for the first time, maybe, or haven't seen any of our previous uh, Lensec Live um, sessions, we are a completely, a, a browser-based, software that is written completely in HTML5. So when working remotely, the nice advantage to that is the administrator of the system just needs to open up whatever internet browser of choice that they have at their computer at home or their work computer at home, whatever they, whatever device they have, open up an internet browser, access their host server back in the office, sign in with their user permissions and they can make those changes right there. They don't have to go into the office or they don't, you know, you don't have to necessarily also rely on the security integrator to go into your facility to be able to make changes because administration only can happen on that server when you're on site. So um, all of the things we're talking about, you know, over these LENSEC live sessions and you know, specifically some of the things we're talking about today it's enabling you to do this remotely without having to go back on site to your location. So I uh, appreciate that, Jeff. Um, so we also had uh, during, uh, as we've been doing these sessions, we've had questions come into us via, you know, just people sending texts or emails to us or people posting comments um, in some of our, our posted videos. We've also, um, seen some questions in some other live sessions we've, we've followed with other people that we wanted to just take some time today in this roundtable discussion and uh, just address those, either how they uh, pertain to LENSEC or how they pertain to Perspective VMS. So we've got some questions here. I'm going to go ahead and um, uh, this next question I'm going to ask is uh, for Bryce. Um, Bryce, a question came in and it said, what are some strategies for lever uh, leveraging surveillance as a tool to help keep employees safe after we return to some limited work schedules, you know, presuming that social distancing practices are still, uh, still remain. So if you have a minute, maybe uh, you know, address that question. Sure. So you know, we all know that COVID-19 may be with us for a long time, but eventually we're gonna have to get back to work. Uh, we may still practice social distancing but with the threat of the COVID-19 virus out there all the time, you know, you want to protect yourselves, especially in the workplace. You may have a customer coming into your, your company's office or even an employee who's sick. You know, for example, if you have a known employee who enters the premise and they maybe go to the refrigerator, uh, you want to see, and you can use a feature within Perspective VMS called Fast Find. You go into the archive, photo, uh, archive video, and as, as we're going there now, Take a second to load. Uh, you could, we could pick a particular camera. Let's use the uh, kitchen camera here. And as an example, if you want to draw a small box around the refrigerator, this is where you know that the affected person had visited 
you can set the sensitivity and then search. And it's going to bring up thumbnails of different uh, uh, videos that were recorded on motion. And uh, you can simply uh, bring them up to your viewer to see who has, if that person touched the refrigerator, and then potentially who in your office touched that uh, refrigerator afterwards who may uh, come in contact with COVID-19. So it's a great feature to use. It's quick and easy. Uh, you can start from the camera viewer or even in the archive viewer to view the video. So we bring up a video container, draw a box around the uh, zone, the hot zone, and uh, select which thumbnails of videos that you want to view. And you could uh, select the date of, you know, well, it's going to pick the a date probably within the last month. And you can set up the archives right there with the date picker. So it's a great tool to use. It's very fast and easy. Yeah, that's right. It, it's a uh, it's it's a very good way to quickly ascertain areas of interest, who's been in those areas, who's touched those areas. Uh, another way too, Bryce, that that I was thinking about when people are talking about this, is also monitoring traffic flow. And when you're looking at traffic flow, whether it's in a hallway or it's in a lobby area, you know what are the different uh, what are the different areas that you're surveilling? Where are they going around? And video analytics come into play here too. Uh, video analytics looking for some cross-line detection. Uh, there's going to be some facilities I've read about that are going to start actually masking or taping down different areas where they want people walking to give that separation. You know, it's a very kind of, a, it's a very new time for us uh, to see this type of behavior. So a lot of ideas are coming to the forefront. But right. one of the areas that we focus on with video surveillance is how we can use some video analytics and some detection tools to see when maybe we're getting a, uh, a breach in policy. So if you want to have a policy where there's only two, two people or three people in an area, if you get beyond that, you're going to get an alert so that you can be reactive to that and quickly go in and try and advise staff or team members, hey, remember, we've got a change in policy now. We don't want overcrowding in this area. A lot of times I know we've seen it, we've gone to restaurants maybe for pickup and they tell you no more than two people in the lobby. And so counting, um, video analytics counting, alerting your security staff that, hey, we've got a breach in policy. Now's the time to retrain our staff on this new policy that we have. Right. Right. And Jeff, through workflows, you can also then be um, alerted for certain things based on how you have some other uh, triggers set up within, within the um, perspective video management software, you'd be able to, you know, if you had how many people in a certain area, maybe set off a trigger, and then it would it would pull up that screen on the, uh, the security officer uh, or security person within the company who's still working remotely, but it can automatically change their interface, and they can see that. And then maybe, depending on what features you're taking advantage of, you'd be able to talk down through a, uh, you know, a two-way uh, camera and maybe, you know, Get a message immediately out to the people to, you know, to, to adhere to the policies that are in place. So there's a lot of other different types of things that can be worked in. Um, right. You can use those workflows to send an email or a text message to you remotely to your mobile device. That's yep. correct. So I apologize. I went around and introduced everybody. For those who may not know who I am, my name is Michael Trask. I'm the uh, Director of Sales for North America with Lensec. So I uh, was so excited just to let everyone else introduce who they were and uh, never uh, never got a chance to let everyone know who, who I am here moderating this call today. So I, I apologize for that. Um, so another question we have come up, Bob, uh, we have a question here that came up that said, can we use security footage uh, or extractions to promote how well our business or organization is doing in product preparation, safety measures, et cetera, whether, you know, maybe that's in a food handling facility or a shipping facility. So you had a minute maybe to uh, give us uh, give us some input on that. Well, it's a great question. And, and really it speaks to ways to leverage the technology in many examples beyond just the traditional security venue. Uh, you know, safety is everybody's priority today. And certainly with the coronavirus, you know, not spreading uh, and enforcing certain sterilization procedures can be huge. 
And, um, you know, very simply by uh, landing some assets like cameras and, uh, you know, into the shop floor or into the shipping department, and then being able to capture, uh, record and archive that video, uh, we now have that, um, that, that uh, actual practice that's going on being retained. And then we can go back in and review it uh, at a later time and we can actually capture what we call an extraction. And an extraction is basically just a, a clip uh, of a timeline that shows the exact uh, scenario that we want to show. The nice part about this, it's timed and it's dated. So, you know, we need to defend ourselves. We can say that this was, you know, this particular camera, here's the date and here's the time. And, uh, and it's, uh, you know, extremely authentic in that regard. You know, if I was a safety inspector uh, for a certain uh, company, and most of them do have their own in-house safety experts, and I wanted to, and I wasn't allowed to win the plants anymore. I was a work from home. This would be a great way for me to, to really get in and, and, and uh, interrogate the systems and then pull, you know, extractions out demonstrating that, you know, in my review yesterday, that, that food preparation uh, line uh, met all of the standards that they were required to meet to maintain safety. So I, I think, you know, and, and then to be able to demonstrate that and should there be any question down the road from anybody of a public or, or governmental nature. So it's a, it's a great proactive way to be able to go in and, and show your compliance. Appreciate the demonstration here. And as you can see, it was just a couple of clicks. We went in and found the scene we wanted. Uh, we identified the timeline, uh, meaning the date and the time. And then we went ahead and gave it a name so that if we want to go back and, and, uh, and reference it in the future, we know that we've got it as safety example. And from here, we can do lots of things with it. Uh, we can send it to somebody. We can, um, we can let somebody know we have it uh, and create a link to it. We've got lots of options for it. So it's a tremendous uh, way to, to broadcast it. Uh, you notice there's a groups reference there. So we can, you know, if we have a certain group of people that we know want to see this report or this extraction on a daily basis. We can actually create a workflow to send this extraction out automatically to a select group of users. So lots of ways we can leverage the technology. And again, automation is the name of the game today. So the more things we can expedite and get done quickly, I think the more value we bring above and beyond traditional security benefits of our system. Yeah, that's that's correct. I, that was a great example. Um, I wanna to go to Keith. I think Keith, you may have wanted to interject something. Yeah, I wanted to add on top of what Bob was uh, speaking about because um, the smart business managers and business owners are, are already leveraging their security tools um, to, to develop and improve business processes. Um, and I think it's important to, to uh, um, you know, build on that even more. There's a company that we are um, partnered with uh, as a technology partner called Zensors that is using the um, uh, physical security cameras, they're capturing the information from the tools that are already in place and they're pulling that information back to extract certain bits of data and information that can be presented through to business owners, business managers, even through to public, uh, the public. They're using this to capture things like um, still images of people waiting in line at the TSA uh, check-in at the airport. Uh, airport. Um, so, you know, per perhaps they're counting the number of people that are waiting in line and informing not only the TSA uh, uh, managers how well the line is moving through, but they can also use that same information to um, present information to the public on how long they might be waiting uh, um, in line when they get to the airport. Um, there's also loss prevention uh, methods that are using these types of uh, this bit of information that's coming through from their security tools. Um, there's um, you know various different things like uh, I think uh, Bob mentioned food processing. Um, you know, a, a restaurant manager can actually take a look at that and really um, fine tune his processes and his procedures for his employees to improve the process, make things more efficient and get the customers what they need in a more timely manner. 
Yeah, I, I appreciate you adding that. Yeah, we uh, we do have a, a partnership with Zensers and using some of their uh, analytics, but more they, uh, another big takeaway from what Keith was mentioning is it's using existing equipment that's already in place. So when you're talking about remote work and, uh, and how that kind of ties into the conversation we're talking about today, those are things that then can just be added on to our existing system with uh, someone not necessarily having to be on site to maybe incorporate those based on our partnership. We would have to do a, um, you know, a remote, um, some small remote updates for on license key and other items in order to make it available. But that can be done remotely without someone going on site. Um, so to kind of also kind of piggybacking off some of the, the question that uh, Bob was just answering about extractions and other items. A, a question came in about can we extend our security retention rates? How do how do we um, how do we how do we do so with limited capacity? So I, I wanted to talk about that in this remote environment. You may not want to be having to go back to your location, but uh, and since people aren't allowed on site, how can you maximize your current um, retention? You may be set up to maybe to only record thirty for uh, thirty days worth of storage, but now with this with the COVID. 19 situation, maybe no one's allowed on site for extended periods of time, and maybe you want to extend that out further. So there are several ways that you can uh, do that within the system. Once again, accessing remotely, if your permissions allow you to, signing into the system, going into the administration. Some of those things that you can do is, you know, maybe uh, adjusting cameras to motion only uh, and the sensitivity of those motions, or even doing some zones within those cameras to kind of fine tune where that motion would be so that where, where the, uh, you know, maximizing uh, your retention space there. Uh, so uh, you, know, you can see the zones that you're setting there. Another area where you can do that is maybe you lower your frames per second on your recording right now. So it's not taking up as much of your recording space. You're going to be able to expand your number of days, but you can also, because our system is automated, Maybe when you get that motion alert and we're, you know, we are video management software. So how are we gonna, you know, obviously we can affect the video. Well, if you're set at maybe four or five frames per second, but when there is motion recorded or captured, it may automatically start recording that chunk of video at 15 frames or 20 or 30 frames. Cause you know, when there is the motion detected you wanna have that higher quality frames per second video, but you don't want to necessarily be recording every, every, you know, all continuously all the time at that because that'll take up a lot of your retention. So there are several ways. Uh, those that's just a few of the ways that you can um, go in and do things that will extend your existing infrastructure. Uh, one other way, if you've on your network that the you know the video uh, surveillance network, if you have the ability uh, on the network to add a um, to add another drive, if you have read-write permission, uh, permissions to another drive, you can add an additional storage location within your network and bring in additional um, storage on the fly. So that's another way that, you know, maybe some people, there's extra storage available for other things, but right now it's not being used. And then this is a temporary situation. You, as, as is being shown here on the screen, you just add an additional location. Once again, as long as you have read, write, and delete permissions to that drive, uh, the prospective EMS is gonna then start writing to that drive as well. So you've just increased your total storage available, uh, available for your retention. It's another way to, uh, to do that. Um, and when you're, when you're doing that, the algorithms within prospective VMS, what they're gonna do over time is they're gonna balance the load over those drives. So that one hard drive is not read, writing, deleting all the time because you know history shows us if you're, if you're constantly using that drive, you're gonna over time reduce the, um, the lifespan of that drive and maybe increase the chance of that hard drive failing. So our system is going to automatically balance the load between all of those drives. And to the end user, it doesn't matter how where it's going because the SQL Server database tables in the back, as the end user, when you go to pull up the video, it knows where that video is and it goes and grabs it from wherever it's stored. And it's, it's a seamless 
uh, integration uh, experience for the end user. Um, I noticed that, um, you know, one of my, Bob, that you maybe wanted to add something to this conversation. Yes, thank you, uh, Michael. I, you know, with, with this situation, a lot of buildings have gone dark. Uh, people aren't going into the office anymore. They're not going into the school. They're not going into the, the, the public facilities. And so what might have been previous recording practices where during normal business hours, um, you know, I was recording at a certain frame rate uh, regularly. And now I have no reason to be doing that. So this is a great way for somebody remote to be able to get into the system and alter that recording function so that only when I see motion in that dark hallway do I now activate a recording. And, and you know, part of that may be too, I need to expand my retention period because perhaps I need to go back and prove that since we went on mandatory lockdown, we have not had any entrance or access to the building by anyone. And here's my videos to prove it because we only activate on, on motion. So again, it can become a strong defense tool as well uh, should we be put under the limelight for a, a violation. Yeah, that's, that's good. And you mentioned about uh, people coming into the building and, and you wanna be able to track that. A question that actually did come in, is it is more around um, access control. And Jeff, I'll ask you this. Um, the question that we had received, it says, if we allow limited staff to return, how can we sure we are not, we are not allowing non-authorized employees to also mix in? Um, so I didn't know if you wanted to talk about how using uh, the access control platform that we can tie in with and how we can address that, uh, that question. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And, and different security directors have, have, you know, they're thinking about that right now. I mean, if, if you're a security director and you're watching this, one of your, uh, one of the things that's going through your head is how are things going to change and what can we do to prepare for that? Um, Bringing people in, you know, there's lots of discussion about testing for antibodies and returning those people back to work that test a certain way. So you'll have a percentage of your staff that maybe you're bringing back into your facility at the, at the early days. You're going to change their access credentials. So that's the first thing you're going to do, right, is you're going to allow those people to come into the staff, giving them access control permissions. Uh, but when you do that, again, you're talking about maybe a, an employee set that is not... Um, perfectly trained on things like Anna Passback or tailgating. And by that, I mean the ability for, uh, you know, I'm using my card to get in, but Michael says, hey, I forgot my badge. Can I use your badge to get in? And they hand it back to them. That's an Anna Passback violation. Tailgating is when we're coming into that front door, that main entrance door, and just human nature say, oh, let me hold the door open for you because I see that you're coming in right after me. In access control world, that's typically a no-no. And, and what we do with video surveillance, combining that with access control, is we're monitoring that, right? We're looking for that tailgating example. And as a security director, this is a great opportunity for you to go in and pull some of those videos from your already archived retention, make those extractions like the team was talking about earlier, and start sending them out to your employees and saying, this is what we're talking about with tailgating. This is what we're talking about with Anna Passback. And as we come into this new paradigm that we're in, we can't have that. We have to restrict the access to certain people. And maybe again, you're talking about restricting it based on a count, a number of people in a room at a certain time. So using video surveillance, video analytics and access control together to allow you to be the the technological bouncer, if you will, and, and not allowing certain people into a room yet because it's, it's overcrowded or because they haven't yet been authorized or approved to come back based on a certain test result. Those are all things we have to deal with now. And so we're looking at ways in which you as a security director for your private business, your organization, whatever it is, uh, whatever policies you enact, you want to have the technology tools to help you uh, enable that. Yeah, Jeff, and is there any analytics that would assist with that? Um, I'm thinking more, you know, some of these, not only just tailgating, but close in proximity to one another. So, and other analytics that also could help you if people are at the office and you're allowed to have some staff back, are they, are they still um, adhering to social distancing? Yeah, that's correct. And, and the crowding analytic 
That's a great one that can measure how many people are in a defined space. Another one, and this one was created a, a number of years ago for um, really for ATM use. And it's, uh, it's the ability to see two people or more than, more than N number of persons, typically it was more than one, uh, within a close proximity. The idea being if somebody was holding up somebody to get their ATM card to get them to process the transaction and take the money, that would be the trigger. Well, that is now applicable to our social distancing rules. And so if you have two people in a confined space, you draw the box, that's going to trigger that analytic. And as we've seen with analytics in the past, and we've tied them with, in with workflows, now we can do all those things about changing the user interface screen, sending the email off to security personnel, and just alerting them that, hey, we've got a, we've got a policy violation. And so let's, let's use this as a retraining uh, moment uh, to make sure that, that we're keeping to these distance uh, norms that we're going to have as we go into the late spring, into the summer, as people start coming back to work. Yeah, great, Jeff. Uh, it's good information. Um, the next question that came in, Bryce, I'm going to uh, ask you this question. Uh, it just it's because you're uh, one of our uh, applications engineers. So uh, concerned about vandalism at at the site with everyone knowing our staff is not there. How can the surveillance help? Well, I, I, I think we know how that can help. But more importantly, uh, also in here is can it be installed quickly? So when it pertains to prospective VMS, uh, by Lensec, can you maybe speak to how quick that process uh, is and what's involved in that process? Well, it's an easy process as far as installation goes. You, know, you can work with an existing IP camera system that's already installed in your office space. Uh, it's as simple as uh, downloading the software from our website. And uh, depending on the addition that you've purchased and with the ac proper access key, uh, you can install it on your server or workstation, Windows 10 Pro, and uh, easy to configure, and you can have a system up and running in, in a short time. Um, you can also use the power of, as you mentioned before, Michael, you were talking about how we are programmed into HTML5, and by using that power of the browser, you can pick your favorite browser and remotely uh, access, if you have the credentials, access Perspective EMS to configure the system from your home or on the road and uh, set it up to configure uh, remote monitoring as we talked about maybe motion, you know, detecting motion to save on retention rate as well, very easy. The system itself is very intuitive. Somebody who has very little experience can actually uh, navigate around prospective EMS and um, set this up with very little help. We do have training tutorial videos online. We have a uh, online academy that will help train a new user uh, for basic certification and advanced certification as well. Right, and uh, right. So uh, I guess the real takeaway there is in this remote world, if you if you know if you have access to an existing server on site that maybe you want to upgrade to a a, a more uh, a, uh, enhanced VMS solution that gives you some of the features that your current solution may not offer. Right. As long as we have access remotely, our support team who is still available, we're still working. We're considered, you know. They're working remotely, but we've been set up that to handle that for a number of years. So they are working from remote offices right now, but they're uh, still available around the clock as normal. But um, they can, if you have access to that remote, that server remotely, our support team can assist you by installing the software, bringing those cameras over into our software and being able to then start taking advantage of some of these features. Um, as long as, you know, and maybe uh, maybe that current server doesn't have the retention goals that maybe you want to have. But as we discussed in the call earlier today, we can do some, you know, some tweaking to some of the settings to uh, best expand that amount of, um, of retention for you while no one, you know, potentially all of that can be done. As long as we have outside remote access, we can do that in conjunction with your team without uh, anyone having to physically go on site. And then we can train you remotely on the basics as well right. as having, you know, doing a, a, a quick training via a Zoom that we're like we're this meeting or a team viewer type of a setting, as well as the online training academy that you can find at lensec.com slash training. Uh, and that'll take you to a list of our 
um, in-person trainings, which are currently on hold, but also right below those uh, upcoming trainings, then at the, uh, towards the bottom of the page, you'll see the LENSEC um, Training Academy links where you can register and then go into, um, into the online training academy. And it's a self-paced online uh, learning tool uh, right. that, uh, that's very helpful. There's lots of classes and courses in there. So um, there's a lot of things that you can do during this time maybe when you have a little extra time at your disposal where you normally wouldn't when you're in the office because maybe your environment doesn't allow you to, to maximize your normal work capacity from home. But there, so we, we do have a lot of tools and we can get something installed and upgraded for you. Uh, and and a, one final note on that is the, uh, when it comes to upgrading an existing system, and our, our uh, reselling partners are aware of this. We do have, you know, special pricing in place to uh, with our partners when they are displacing an existing system. Uh, so I wanted to just mention that as a reminder for any of our partners that are on here. Maybe any end user or potential end user customer. You know, we can um, um, come up with some some nice pricing incentives for you if you've got an existing system and you're looking to upgrade that. Right. I also want to add that you know, we talked about it before, but the workflows is the power of automation. You can set up triggers and alerts and notifications that can be sent to your mobile device. You know, now you're working remotely, you want ease of access. Uh, we do have an app that you can download from the Android and from Apple uh, stores as well. Uh, you can also access by using the browser on your mobile device, access perspective AMS. So we make it very easy to access the system. Thanks, Bryce. Uh, Jeff, uh, I wanted to add, throw this next question over to you because it's, it's very timely with the um, COVID-19. There's a lot of questions going around. We've gotten some questions, but other people are in a lot of other um, platforms we're talking about. Uh, what are good resources for evaluating thermal cameras for detecting temperature anomalies? And, um, and then also a subset, can those results be combined with access control and access, you know, and how, how would that work within our system if there were um, tied in also with a thermal camera? Yeah, that's, a, that's obviously very topical right now. People are looking at temperature detection and using thermal cameras to identify persons that have elevated temperatures. Um, you know, as we've seen that that's one of the symptom uh, conditions for uh, not only coronavirus, but also other types of maladies that, that somebody may have. So um, as these come to the market now, as this, this prevalence for RFPs or RFQs to have thermal detection cameras, uh, what do you want to look out for? What do you want to be advised? For? Uh, you know, we're going to advise as a video management software. We, of course, are camera agnostic, so we'll work with any camera manufacturer that you have in your system. But you want to have tools to reference what's the best quality? What's the ones that are going to give me the results that I need for my environment? Uh, there's great resources. I'll give a shout out to uh, John Honovich's site, ipvm.com, ipvideomarket, ipvm.com. That, that site has done a great job in identifying several manufacturers and really even doing tests. And that's what's nice. It's an unbiased test. They just go in and they pull different results and they'll test them live in their facilities. So a great job that they're doing. And, and providing those results, that'd be a nice resource to look at. Um, another resource, of course, is going to the manufacturer's site. And you want to analyze the actual specifications. The marketing materials are nice, and it's nice to see the pretty videos and so forth. But you really want to look at the specification. What is the detection rate? What is the, uh, what is the accuracy plus minus? variable. If they're plus minus 10 degrees, that may not be as effective when you're talking about is somebody 98.6 or are they 101, you know. So you want to have that understanding. Um, you also want to understand kind of the speed. If you're trying to watch people that they're coming through a facility, maybe coming off of a subway train or coming off of a bus and trying to read that rapidly, do you have enough time to process that information at the edge at the camera? Because a lot of these analytic detections we're talking about today when it comes to detection, thermal detection or temperature detection, 
is being processed at the camera end. So what kind of processing power does that camera have? From our side on the VMS, and then in conjunction with access control, we're taking the results of that data. So it's giving us the results saying, hey, this is elevated, and it's giving an indication of what video tripped that elevated temperature, and it's sending that result back to us so we can actually see that video. Workflows, Bryce mentioned that a little bit ago, is where you're going to tie that together with access control. So if we get an elevated temperature, you may not be allowing the access control door, uh, turnstile, whatever it is, to open and allow that person in. And that really kind of brings it to kind of a best practice in design. If you have a constrained access path, whether it's through a, a turnstile, optical or, or manual turnstile or through a door, if you can have a thermal camera that's looking at that, allowing time to process, the person walks up to the door, you see the temperature setting, and then based on that condition, that's the trigger for allowing that person in. That's a great way to do it. And that's combining now video surveillance, the camera, the edge analytic, the video surveillance, and the access control together. And these are all disparate components that you may already have, and now you're combining them together into a solution for your, for your organization, for your facility. Yeah, Jeff, and that's similar um, to how people might be using, for example, facial recognition yep. as a way to, you know, they're on either the approved or the not approved list. If they're on the approved list, it's then gonna unlock a door. Uh, just using a different uh, analytic on that camera, you're now using a temperature to then allow them to either go come in or, or not come in based on them presenting their badge then at the, the reader. So that's great information. Uh, Keith, I think you wanted to add something. Yeah, I wanted to jump in here because um, I've been following this, uh, this track on various different uh, um, security uh, um, partner groups and uh, um, various things. Um, it's important to note that, that the, uh, the um, medical uh, federal, the federal um, uh, folks uh, on the medical side monitor um, thermometer devices. And you know, when, when you're talking about a camera determining a temperature, that is, uh, that's one thing, but it has to be an, uh, an approved device to monitor and uh, determine an actual temperature. One bit, bit of word of, uh, of warning here is make sure that, that you're using a camera, a thermal camera maybe, um, as a detection device, as a first line of offense, not necessarily as a determination of somebody's temperature. Um, and it, it may be a small point to bring up, but these are things that are going to come up in business, in the business place as we're dealing with this issue going forward, as people think, oh, I'll put up a, a thermal camera to deal with this. You want to make sure you're not opening yourself up for problems by using unapproved gear to, to uh, evaluate certain things. So a camera, while it may give you a range of temperature, it may give you uh, your first clue or indication that somebody has a temperature. It is not a diagnostic tool typically to evaluate a temperature unless it's gone through a clearance process by the federal government uh, that oversees uh, medical devices. So one thing to note uh, there, um, and it's, uh, we'll be continuing to watch this um, topic through uh, various different uh, partnership groups and through IPVM that, uh, that Jeff mentioned earlier. Um, as this grows as a, a trend or a tool to be used within the security uh, community. Yeah, it's a great point, Keith. And, you know, you got it. You have to, you know, you can't just rush into decisions. You need to make sure that uh, the marketing material, as Jeff said, isn't just you know, some, you know, can paint a rosy picture about everything, right? But it may not necessarily- yeah, those marketing guys, you got to watch out for them. Yeah, that's right, Keith. But, um, but it's just, you know, sometimes people want to take whatever advantage they can of a certain situation to try to have some, um, you know, uptick in business. So you really need to do your research. We've mentioned, I'll, you know, I'll be the third one to mention at the IPVM site that goes and researches items and with no bias, they buy all their own equipment. They don't take freebies, you know, so they're, it's an unbiased, they're just, they're doing it through the exact same test from camera to camera to camera and comparing them. Um, so there, there's a lot of great information out there, but just dig into that information um, 
I know we're, we're uh, moving quite a, uh, it's about quarter two, so we have one or two more questions, but since we were talking about temperature and people's health, I think this is a great point for a question that I'll ask Bryce. Um, how can I monitor my system's health remotely? Uh, I want to make sure that all my cameras are actually recording and online. And is, if there's anything else that, um, as far as monitoring the, the health of your system remotely. Right. So within Perspective AMS, we have a, a tab there called Reports. And this is where you can set up a lot of your uh, on-demand health alerts uh, reporting. And uh, what you can do, as we mentioned before, is by using the power of automation, you can set up a workflow. Now, these reports can be created on demand, whether you're in the system. But you can set up a workflow that will uh, create this report and send it to you as, as frequently as you wish. Uh, it will show you, you know, like as, as this example right now, you know, what cameras are offline. It'll give you enough information about how to find the camera, the IP address, uh, if it's out of service, installation data, if that information is uh, placed in the system, uh, what archiving server as well. So there's a lot of information on these reports. You could have these emailed to you daily, weekly, as, as often as you require. So at the comfort of your home office or home or on the road, you can, you can keep an eye on your system health without ever actually having to enter your office and access the system directly. And here's, as you see right here, the archive span, we've talked about the retention rate. Here you can also know that if your cameras are either eating up a lot of your space or if you're running out of space and you're not getting your retention rate. You know, if you have a couple cameras that are chewing up a lot of uh, bandwidth or, or space, you could, you could check it out right here and maybe make some modifications. We talked about changing your frame rate or your resolution. Uh, this is a great indicator. I use it for troubleshooting a lot to where if I'm not getting the retention rate on my server, if I don't have the luxury of increasing my data storage capacity, I could reduce the frame rate or the resolution by looking at that report and uh, focus on the troublesome cameras. And here we're looking at the store status report. This will tell me on average how much space I have, how much space I need, and the kind of uh, space that I'm utilizing currently. And I'll, I'll chime in here real quick and just give a, a, a brief mention to our support team too uh, that, that's working with a lot of our partners. We do what's called remote status monitoring. And part of that remote status monitoring is getting those automated alerts that Bryce is referring to, not just the report format, but also direct, um, direct te text-based emails. When we have a camera that goes offline, when you have a, 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 a hard drive that fails, but even more so any condition that could make an archive not occur, that it could make a recording stop. Maybe it's that your utilization on your C drive of your archiving server is too hot. Uh, maybe it's because a network link is unavailable. Uh, you know, there's a various reasons why a recording could go offline. We're going to alert you to that. And our not only not only our remote status monitoring team, but our partner integrators. They are constantly watching this. They're being alerted of that, so they can be proactive in responding to to our end users to to our organizations out there to let you know, hey, this camera's offline. Is that in a critical area? Do we need to go out? Again, most of our security integrators are deemed as essential personnel. And if you have a very sensitive camera that's monitoring, uh, you know, we mentioned food production before, we mentioned different types of medical sites, facilities, and that camera is not operable, you want that team out there and being responsive to it. So these remote tools that come out to give you this health indication mean that you don't have to go out there unnecessarily. You only go out there when there is an issue, when there is a problem, but when there is, you're alerted to it right away. And you can be very reactive to that, solve that problem and get it back up in archive. Right. Yeah, great. Thanks, Jeff. Um, and speaking of the support team, a question came in, Bob, I'll, you can uh, just answer this quickly. I think we've mentioned it a few times, but the question was, what about manufacturer support? So as we are the manufacturers and developers of uh, Perspective EMS, um, in these days of closures, how are the security manufacturers supporting their end users vis-a-vis -vis their integrators as well? So, um, Bob, you want to just talk about the availability of our uh, of our support team? And sure, absolutely. Thank you. Um, well, this may be the most important aspect, really, of the whole solution set. You know, 
just because you have technical capabilities or you have some software that maybe has an advantage in certain capacities, it all is for naught if the, the product is not properly supported. And this is so key and paramount. That's why our industry largely is considered essential as uh, I believe Jeff mentioned. So, you know, we as a company go out of our way to make sure that we are 24 seven, uh, at least I'll speak as us as a manufacturer, we're 24 seven. So we, we uh, absolutely will take a call, respond to an email uh, around the clock, seven days a week. And, and we have that because of the nature of some of our contracts affect, um, you know, governments, militaries, things of that nature. So uh, they're of highest importance that our systems uh, are running and they're running at, at top performance. Um, to that end, we offer a very strong toolkit to our integrator partners. Uh, some have 24-7 themselves and some contract that 24-7, meaning they rely back on the manufacturers to back them up. Uh, and we certainly have a program in place for that where uh, it's transparent to their end user that it's actually us, the manufacturer, that is monitoring the system health in the event of a problem. We're notifying that integrator, um, and, and if so deemed, we may even take care of the problem. There's a lot of times with end users uh, that we give them a report the next morning that we fixed three problems that they didn't even know they ever had. So, you know, it's just a very, very beautiful part of what we offer. And really, I, I don't know how anybody can have a credible solution without having, you know, that depth of insight into how you support really something that saves lives. Great, I, that's, that's a great point, uh, Bob. Uh, well, we're, we're coming up uh, close to the hour. Uh, we've gone over uh, the questions that have been provided over these last few weeks through different, uh, different ways of people reaching out to us. Uh, please feel free to continue to send us questions. Uh, you can email us if it's a generic question and we have sales at lensec.com. Uh, if you're an integrator or an end user and you have a question related to support, you can reach us at support at lensec.com. Uh, there's information uh, Bryce mentioned earlier that there's uh, training videos that are uh, available uh, online for us, as well as the online training academy. If you need to brush up on something that maybe you were shown a while back and you haven't used that feature in a while. So uh, all of those are available, as well as our entire company. Our staff is available to do one-on-one -on -one, uh, meetings similar to this to be able to um, bring you back up to speed on something or maybe show you a tool within the system that you were unaware of. But I'll, I'll give a chance for a go around and uh, if anyone had anything else they wanted to add. Jeff, anything else you wanted to add before we close up today? No, I think you guys hit on the, hit on the right topics. And again, the questions that you have, please feel free to talk to us. We're not, we're not scary guys, as, as we like to say, you know, we, uh, we're open to talking with you. We want to have conversations and it, it's a different, it, it's a different world right now. And we recognize that. And in the security space, there's a lot of new challenges and uh, it's about bringing back business continuity. It's about bringing back people uh, to be able to work together, uh, but to do so in a safe way. And so security isn't just about uh, threats against, you know, loss prevention uh, or against, uh, against other forms of, of violence, it, it's also about just general safety for your employees and, and your staff. And, and though there's ways that we're evolving as, a, as an industry. And we work together with our competitors, with our, with our complementary technology providers. We all want to better ourselves so that we can help our end users, we can help our integrators. And so we're learning too. So conversations that you're having, if you want to to share with us, please do so. We, we want to talk about, we want to figure out ways which we can leverage technology, make it better uh, to help you as an organization. That's, that's great. Uh, thanks, Jeff. And Bryce, anything you wanted to add before we close up today? Yeah, sure. I've noticed while working with some of our end users that depending on the package they've purchased, you know, they've had all these features that we've talked about and they either they don't know how to utilize them so we offer these demos to help train our end users or even some of our integrators may not be aware of some of these features. You know, we've, we've talked about these features in a way that apply to today's world with the coronavirus, but these features have been in our, in our software all along and we want everyone to utilize all the features 
so that you have the best experience with prospective VMS. Yeah, and to that point too, it, it is, we've mentioned this several times that there's a lot of automation within our system. And especially in today's world with being remote, if you can do certain things and take advantage of uh, features within our software already, that'll help you automate as many things as possible, uh, especially uh, in this maybe limited, you may, you have, may have some people that are trying to cover multiple roles right now. So they need to be able to automate some of this stuff as best as possible. So to take that, that security, that information, deliver it accurately, accurately with speed, um, you know, it's kind of an underlying theme uh, within our company. So that, that's, that's what our mission is to try to get that information accurately and quickly to you um, to help make you more efficient within, especially when it comes to the security world. Now we are protecting people and assets, so that's very important. Um, Keith, did you have anything you wanted to add before we wrap up today? Yeah, I'm glad you brought up protecting people and assets because I think that's one of our number one goals um, is, uh, is making sure that we, we protect uh, folks that are in our care and uh, the things that we have around us that are important, whether it be property or, or um, items that, uh, that are uh, you know, in need of good security. I would also point out that I think uh, Jeff Kellick was uh, channeling his inner Bill, Bill Gates when he fielded the first question. Um, Bill Gates recently said uh, that the key to good leadership is encapsulated in two words, empowering others. And that's what uh, we're about. We're about empowering others uh, when, when we're giving our partners uh, the tools that they need to help their customers when we're giving our customers the tools they, that they need to help their businesses. Um, but also I think an important thing to note is Lensec is about um, truly building a successful partnership. We're, we're, we're of course in the business to make money, but we want to uh, build that based off of making our partners successful and their customers successful. Um, and we'll bend over backwards to, to uh, make sure that we meet those achievable goals to help do that. And uh, using Perspective VMS uh, gives you a lot of great tools to empower others. Uh, and I hope that you'll uh, uh, pick up a few hints and tips that we're offering today and uh, maybe think of a few things that you might be able to, to do at your own uh, site or at your own, uh, within your own security footprint. Um, if you've got ideas, reach out to us. Um, you know, you can comment here on this thread on the, uh, the live stream, or you can reach out to us in the ways that, uh, that uh, um, Michael has noted before. But we want to make people successful. We want to keep people safe. We want to um, take care of assets. And uh, that's part of our goal at Linsec. Thanks, Keith. And of course, Bob, last but not least again, <laughs> I'll let you, uh, if there's anything else you wanted to, to any uh, words of wisdom. Thank you, Michael. Um, what I'd like to do is simply encourage anyone, whether you're an end user or a provider, an integrator, security company, um, you know, feel free to reach out to us if you're working through a safety issue and you really don't really know for sure what your available options might be, whether that be at the edge, uh, meaning a camera or another physical security device. IP technology, or how to apply that technology with a, with a software package like Perspective, feel free to give us a call. Um, you know, we love to take those calls. Listen, we learn from, from our end users. Uh, you know, the, the motto in our company is that, you know, everything that's really in our software today came from the field. You know, it was designed and developed because of the input that we got from our end users. So feel free to reach out to us. We love to take those calls. We're easy to get a hold of uh, either sales at lensec.com or support at lensec.com or our easy mailboxes to hit. So hope we hear from you soon. Yeah, thanks, Bob. And it's, it's a good point that he mentioned, uh, not just input from our end users, but also the our integration, uh, our partners, our VAR partners that are out reselling our solution. You know, they may uh, think that, hey, I need a certain report or Hey, it'd be great if uh, during the installation, if, if you automated this process, it would make our life in the field a lot easier. So there are a ton of um, features and 
items within the software that to just what Bob had explained that are now in the software because of end user experience or integrator request. And we're an agile development company. So we are constantly taking that input as it comes in and immediately injecting it into um, our um, roadmap. So our roadmap is a living, breathing document. It's constantly changing based on that input. We obviously have it laid out for things that we want to do, but we're constantly uh, changing that and adding that based on some of those priorities that come in from our, from our end users and our integration uh, reselling uh, our partners. So we're at an hour now. Uh, so I appreciate everyone's time. Um, I'm not sure we, we will have another topic for next Wednesday. Once again, uh, one o'clock Eastern, 12 noon Central. And it will be still tied around uh, the remote working environment. Uh, we might um, jump into, dig deeper into some of our different modules with some, uh, maybe an, an one of the, maybe a pending upcoming discussion will be about the access control in our system. And, and we might bring in one of our access control partners on with us as well. But so there's some other topics that we'll be addressing over the coming weeks. So uh, please uh, make sure to, to, you know, join us at one o'clock next uh, Wednesday, Eastern time. Or uh, you also, these will be posted once they're done on Facebook. Uh, they'll also then be forwarded over to be posted on our LinkedIn uh, page as well. So we appreciate the time everyone today. Stay safe and uh, have a great rest of the week. Thank you.